I would say to go absolutely all in with it. Um, I think that, that sometimes when you're starting something and I think that um, I definitely did this for a few months, just like, okay, like we have this really good idea, but like, is it the best? is it the best route forward? Like, is this going to be beneficial for my career? It's scary, obviously. And I think that um, the second that you really just go all in with it and saying like, I'm doing this and I'm not turning back, is the moment that you'll be able to start to like really flourish and, and build something meaningful. Hi, and welcome to the Sliced Podcast, where we share startup stories from founders, investors, and CEOs from across the globe. A little bit about our platform, Startup Blog Post, is that we're a community where aspiring entrepreneurs and venture capital ecosystem stakeholders can share meaningful insights, engage with colleagues and peers, and stay informed. Hi, and welcome back to the Sliced Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Ahrens. Today's guest is Ariana Ferwerda, co-founder and CEO of Half Days. Half Days is a female-inspired skiwear company that creates design-driven technical gear for the modern woman. Hi, Ariana. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited. This is so fun being a female myself and a ski gear wearer. So this, <laughs> is, just, <laughs> this is just great going to be so fun. So I just want to know a little bit more about you and kind of a little bit about your background. Are you originally from Colorado? I am not. I grew up in Michigan and I've lived in Colorado for about three and a half years now. Nice. And what did you get your education in? Yeah. So I studied at Michigan State University. Um, I got my undergraduate and my graduate degree from Michigan State. And um, I studied, my undergrad was like business marketing. Um, And then my master's just degree was in marketing research and like data analytics. So a little bit of a little bit of like some, you know, more numbers driven things, but also kind of just business and marketing. I commend you on the numbers front. That's great. Not all of us have that acumen. (laughs) (laughs) So then where did you go after graduation? Did you just start working right after school? Yeah, so really good question. I actually started working um, during my master's at a company called Wolverine Worldwide. And I was an intern there, like in market intelligence. And they are the parent company of a bunch of footwear brands. So like Merrill, Saucony, Keds, Barry, um, a few others. And I was doing market intelligence for them. So I was like working with data and a lot of like retail tracking information, things like that. And through that experience, I learned at this company called the NPD Group. And they essentially would track retail sales data globally, and then would work with brands and retailers, um, really large brands and retailers to help them inform decisions around like pricing and promotion strategy. So a lot of like retail strategy and consulting um, that the NPD group did. And I actually just went and worked for them right after the internship, because I really like loved working with numbers and being able to inform like high level strategy for brands and retailers. So I worked there for a few years working um, on the brand and retail side, but worked with large brands like Target and Amazon. And it was it was really during the time when e-commerce and omni-channel and direct-to-consumer brands were really kind of having this like large shift where customers really felt obviously the need to be able to shop online, but also wanted an in-person experience. So I really learned so much there um, just about like omni-channel and e-commerce. So kind of, you know, led in a little bit to how we ended up at a half day, but yeah. So never, it was never really a part of the plan to become an entrepreneur or anything like that. 
Um, so my entire family are entrepreneurs. So I have always kind of like had an itch for it and like definitely wanted to do something entrepreneurial at some point, but I definitely wanted to get my feet wet in just like corporate world and working for like large retailers or brands first to really understand kind of the dynamic of everything. Um, but I didn't have any specific plans to like start a company. It, it kind of all came together. Um, and the idea sort of came up and it was something that I really, really wanted to do. So I ended up leaving NPD and, and starting half days full time. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, that's really what we're here to talk about. So tell us, yeah. I know, but tell our listeners what is half days and kind of that origin story that you're referencing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so half days kind of, as, as you mentioned already, um, is a skiwear brand for women and, um, you know, the idea really came about after, so I moved to Colorado, um, like I said, about three and a half years ago. And when I first moved out here, I, I grew up skiing, but like in the Midwest. So I'm not sure if you're very familiar with the Midwest, but they have like ski resorts, but they're literally like hills, not mountains. So yeah. when I, when I got to Colorado, I was really excited to get more into outdoor activities and, um, and, and get more into skiing. But the first thing that I was super frustrated about just as a customer, uh, was the lack of cool women's skiwear brands that were like accessible. So, um, you know, going to like these big skiwear stores like REI and, um, even like backcountry.com and things like that. And I just felt like it was very overwhelming because everything was very male dominated or like super technical and nothing really fit great or, or looked great from like a fashion perspective. So I was just frustrated overall from that kind of angle. And then um, a few months later, I met my co-founder, Kylie McKinnon, who is a former Olympic skier. She competed at the 2018 Winter Olympics in the sport of freestyle aerials. And she'd been sponsored by a ton of skiwear brands throughout her career. And she was like, I couldn't agree more. Like I have never really worn anything that I love from a fit perspective or the actual just fashion element, like none of it really looked that great. Um, and she's like, I've also really never resonated with any of the brands in this industry. So that was really a light bulb moment for us where a professional skier and a recreational skier kind of came together and we were like, okay, we, we totally feel there's a huge gap in this market for something that's fashion forward, technical, um, and at a more like accessible price point as well for, for females. That's so neat. And so I've taken a look at your website and it's so just really, really cute. And, but were you daunted? I mean, you had your e-commerce background, but clothing and fashion and the manufacturing part of it. I mean, was that scary? Like, how are we going to mass produce this or, or did you just, were you ready? I guess. Yeah, we literally knew nothing about that side of the business. So uh, Kylie and I started um, the company at the end of 2019 and that's really when we started kind of diving into like, how do we manufacture this? Like, where are we going to get the products produced? Who's going to design them? Like Kylie had such a deep knowledge of like what we, what she wanted the, the products to include from a technical perspective and like right. what, what they needed to have just from her, like, you know, pretty much skiing since she was like two years old. So she just like had a lot of knowledge from that perspective. But the biggest thing was just having someone put that information to paper and then actually producing the product. So we, we ended up just working with a lot of freelancers and people who were like specific experts in each realm of those things. So worked with like a technical design freelancer, um, got connected with the right people who could make us introductions to technical outerwear manufacturers and things like that. So we ended up getting connected with a lot of the right people. And a lot of that actually just happened over like us reaching out to people in the industry on LinkedIn, which is 
so crazy, but I, I'm such a proponent for, for LinkedIn. I'm like, just reach out to everybody, like network. It's going to be your best friend. You never know. Yeah, no, you, you really don't. But like that, that's where we found a lot of our connections and like some of our designers that ended up like working with us later on in, in like a larger capacity and similarly with manufacturers. So, you know, to answer your question simply, like it was totally daunting. We, we didn't really know what we were doing um, on that side of things. Like we knew we had this great idea. We knew that we were the right people to be doing it, but we definitely needed help in a few of those areas of just like putting pen to paper for the product. Right. Yeah. And it looks like, again, from what I've seen, you guys are trying to do more than just clothing as well. You have kind of this community piece. Can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of back up and, and explain sort of the origin of that. So when, um, after we, Kylie and I started the company at the end of 2019, we were like in full on development and working on kind of our concepts. And, um, a few months after we started the company, we were actually introduced to our third co-founder, Corel. And Corel comes from fashion and direct to consumer marketing and things like that. So she, um, really, really helped us kind of formulate some of those ideas around like the marketing side of it. And one of the first things that we did when we brought Carl on was actually started to just interview women that skied and snowboarded and just like really dug into their brains in terms of like, where are you currently shopping for these goods? Um, Do you like your gear? What's wrong with it? Like, what do you like about it? And um, what do you like about the ski industry? Like what's approachable, what's not approachable? And the like, overwhelming response from that research was that skiing and just kind of winter sports in general are incredibly unapproachable and there's like a huge barrier to entry so for someone that may be an adult and like has didn't grow up skiing or snowboarding and might be doing it for the first time it's it's super difficult to get into it because there's so much gear there's you have to get the pass you have to buy buy the skis or the boots and you know learn how to ski so there were a lot of things that we really felt were unapproachable in this industry. And with that being said, we decided that community and really just breaking down the barriers for more people to be able to get into winter sports, um, really be like a primary focus of our brand. So yes, aside from our products and trying to make things that are size inclusive and technical and fashion forward, we really want to be able to create this community around the brand that really just welcomes people into the sport gives them kind of some of that like insider knowledge and like where to go and how to get the pass and how to like clip into skis some things that might seem rudimentary if you have grown up skiing but just really being able to break down some of those barriers and like really welcome everybody into the community I think that's so great again as as a skier myself I think it is definitely there's a lot to it it's not it's, you know, you don't just put on a pair of shoes and go like you can in other sports. It, there's a lot to it and there's a big barrier to entry. So I think that's, I think that's really neat. You guys are doing that. I saw that you hosted a pop-up shop in Rhino. Is a flagship store anywhere in your ether or just online for now? Yeah. So we did do a pop-up in Rhino over the holidays. It was a two month pop-up. It was December and January. And um, it was super successful. We had a lot of fun doing it. I think it was the like the coolest thing for us was to be able to see customers go in store and experience our brand firsthand and really just get to like touch and feel the product and try things on. And um, we definitely tried to make the store feel very like 
a half day's vibe where it was very like fun and um, bright colors and things like that. So it was, it was definitely an awesome experience to do that. I think, you know, having our own physical kind of like a flagship store, our own physical stores, like could absolutely come in the future. Right now we're definitely just thinking more about like getting into kind of strategic retailers as well as um, doing pop-up shops, you know, in yeah. the winter in like different cities. So that's really our, our focus right now. Yeah. And you're still so new too. I mean, 2018, right? You just said. Yeah, we actually, so we launched the brand in 2020. Like that's 2020. Even yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. No, that's, that's so young. And what was your experience like fundraising? Yeah. Um, so that's, we started fundraising, um, like we, we raised a pre-seed round and a seed round. So we raised a pre-seed round, like before we launched the company. So we were raising that in 2020. And one of the, you know, I, I think that the hardest part about, especially raising our pre-seed was we didn't have a lot to show for it. Like we were just selling an idea and our team, we were still in production. So it was kind of like, okay, we have this idea, you know, it's, we're going to launch it this fall, whether you want to be a part of it or not, but we right. think we're the right people to be doing this. And um, I think we had a lot going for us from the perspective of like, we had a D2C marketer, like a retail strategist and an Olympic skier, um, all women, all kind of like feeling this need of, of personally wanting this good. So um, I, our experience was, you know, I think the pre-seed is more difficult than raising a seed. Like when we raised our seed in 2021, we had a season of revenue under our belts. And that was a little bit easier to kind of say like, okay, we, you know, we're starting to see product markets fit. We really understand like where we can take this company. We have a lot of retail interest for wholesale partnerships and things like that. So um, yeah, our experience has been relatively positive, but the pre-seed was definitely very difficult because we were really just selling an idea. <laughs> and right. um, outside of that, like at this point, you know, I've, I think the fundraising process for me personally was was very interesting and like probably one of the biggest learning experiences um, as an adult, just because I think um, it's it's something that you don't like learn about in school. They don't, no, no one, no one trains you on any of this stuff. So really starting to look at like, you know, what, what is a seed round versus a pre-seed round? What is a series A? Like, you know, what is venture capital versus private equity and all of these things. And I think that was definitely a huge learning experience for me. And then having to go into it and really feel knowledgeable about it at the same time um, was was definitely like a bit of a learning curve. For sure. And confident too, because you want to, because you're doing your best to sell, like you said at that point. So earlier, it's just still selling the idea. So not only are you trying to learn the ins and out, but also getting up there and pitching or whatever and feeling confident like hey you should really trust us we are the right people to do this that's a lot but you guys made it through and here you are yes we did that's very (laughs) true (laughs) here you are when you look back in the last year or two how do you think your you know view on what an entrepreneur is or what entrepreneurship is has changed like from when you first started to now yeah, I'm I'm sure you've probably heard this before or this is like something that I feel like a lot of people um talk about as being entrepreneurs, but like <laughs> definitely something that I've learned is um like the way that you view owning your own company and being your own boss is like the coolest thing ever and it's so flexible and you're going to have this like, you know, very kind of flexible schedule and things like that and that's just like absolutely not true. I've never worked harder in my entire <laughs> life on anything and I've never like worked, you know, from 7am to 11pm like so many days in a row that it's it's definitely like a grind so I think that's like 
looking at entrepreneurship just from that perspective, like the time it takes and the work and like the the truly just energy that goes into it to get something off the ground, but then also like get it to scale is yeah. just tremendous. So I think that that is probably the thing that I think like looking at what I perceived entrepreneurship as early on versus what how, kind of how I view it now um, yeah. is tremendously different from that perspective. Coming from, well, based on your experience now, having done it once, and then your family of entrepreneurs, do you think you would start another company? And if you did, would you stay in this like winter sports ski industry or? Yeah, it's a good question. I 1000% would start another company. I think that like my personality is definitely very like, go, go, go. Like I love to be on the move. I love to be challenged all the time. Um, and this has been definitely the most go, go, go and being challenged all the time thing I've ever done. Yeah. So um, I would say definitely I would, I would do it again. Um, I think there's a lot of learnings of just like kind of how to streamline different things as you go, but you really, again, there's no guidebook for it. There's no like kind of rule book in terms of like the right way to do it. So I think it really is a learning experience. And honestly, like my experience of having done this now for, you know, we've really only been in business for like 15, 15 months um, so far. And like my experience of just doing it in that period of time, like I've just learned so much and kind of the the process of things and like what you should be thinking about and what doesn't matter at this stage. So right. I think it would be even more efficient next time. But right. um, yeah, short answer, I definitely would do it again. Yeah. And kind of piggybacking off of that, I guess, if you could go back and redo anything in your journey up to now, what do you think it would be? Yeah, that's kind of a tough one because I think I truly am such a believer in like, the sounds so cheesy, but like everything happens for a reason. And I really do strongly believe that. And I think that, you know, I can't like pinpoint one specific thing that I would say that I would like do differently. It's probably more so just, I don't, I don't think that it's necessarily like doing something differently. It's just now knowing the things that need to be done, if that makes sense. There's so much that you don't know as an entrepreneur, like being being a first time founder, especially with, you know, a, a startup in an industry that like you don't have a ton of experience in. I think that, you know, just if, if I were to go back, like I, I would love to have all the knowledge that I have right now just on how to be doing the things and how to streamline processes. But um, no, there's there's not like one big moment that's that is like, oh, I wish that we wouldn't have done that or like a misstep necessarily. Right. Well, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's a positive. <laughs> yeah, that's a positive. How did you guys land on the name Half Days? Yeah, so we really wanted to, like, kind of going off of the conversation that I was telling you around, like, that skiing is so unapproachable and it's very technical and people are so competitive with each other when it comes to winter sports. Um, we wanted the name to really embody something that was lighthearted and fun um, about skiing and you know we were kind of just rattling off things and one of the, the things that came to mind was like a half day ski pass like waking up late and not getting to the mountain until like 11 or noon and, and going skiing for a couple of hours so we're like oh half days like that that totally could be um, a really awesome name for this company that embodies all of those things I love it I totally get it again I ski so I get it but really to beat the traffic on I-70 you do have to leave <laughs> <laughs> at 11 or 1 o'clock these days so yeah literally it's so true <laughs> that's kind of how it goes what is one piece of advice you would give somebody who's just starting out in their entrepreneurial journey yeah um I would probably say 
to go absolutely all in with it. Um, I think that, that sometimes when you're starting something and I think that um, I definitely did this for a few months, just like, okay, like we have this really good idea, but like, is it the best, is it the best route forward? Like, is this going to be beneficial for my career? It's scary, obviously. And I think that um, the second that you really just go all in with it and saying like, I'm doing this and I'm not turning back is the moment that you'll be able to start to like really flourish and, and build something meaningful. Um, so yeah, I would say just like, if, if you're thinking about it and it's, it's something that you're really wanting to do to just like go all in and, and just do it. Yeah. It can be hard to like take the jump though. What would you say to people who are experiencing a little bit of rejection on their idea? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've, we've, we've been through that. Like our pre-seed round, I think was so tough from the angle of we didn't have like a physical product in hand to be able to show to investors. It also was during the pandemic. So we were doing it over zoom. Um, so really being over zoom with people that you don't know, they don't have a physical good that they can say like, Oh yeah, this is, this product is really high quality. Um, so we had like so many people tell us no, they're like, call us back when you have some sales, call us back when you like have a following or like a community of people that are like, you know, wanting this. So, um, we totally experienced that. And I think that, um, your like gut belief and like your passion into an idea is what is going to drive you. It's, it's, it's what will drive the success of it. Um, I think that we just knew to our core that this was something that was needed in the industry. Um, I think another part of when, at least when we were fundraising for the first time was just like, we were talking to so many male investors, which we have a lot of male investors today that like really totally get what we're doing and like love all of them. Um, but like, there are a lot of them that didn't really understand it just because they're like, Oh, I have great ski pants that fit plenty of gear. Totally. So I think that that was like another element of of the rejection. So I, I would say that, you know, don't let that discourage you. Um, if, if it's something that you truly like believe to your core, that this is going to be a successful product or idea or concept or business, um, that you can totally make it happen. Um, and I, I think that that's just like not getting discouraged from people telling, you no is, is the number one thing. Right. What would you say? And maybe you already mentioned it, but what would you say was your biggest risk? It's just leaving that job or, you know, just the initial jump too. Yeah. I think like, I'm definitely the type of person that like, doesn't want to commit to something if I don't think it's going to work. (laughs) So I think there was an element of like, you know, we had this like to our core belief that it was going to work, but like, there's also, there's always going to be a little bit of a doubt in your mind. Like, are people going to like this? Like, you know, will people kind of get the idea? Like, are we going to execute this well? Like we don't have a background in like the production and manufacturing, like right. it's going to be a total flop. Um, so I think that the, the risk of just failure in general is, is a huge risk. I was also 23 when I started the company. So I didn't have a lot of like financial backing. I'd only been out of school for like two years at that point, two years ish. Um, so I think that that was another element of it. It's just like the risk of failure, the risk of having to like potentially like move home or something if I was like oh shoot like I'm not doing well yeah with this. like I don't have any money um and then also like the pandemic was hitting at the same time I quit my full-time job a month before March 2020 so um there was a lot of like uncertainty in all of it whether the company was going to work or not the risk of failure the risk of like running out of money personally um so I think that there were a lot of like kind of high risk elements just from like my 
my own like personal stability <laughs> from like a financial perspective. So I would say that that's probably was like one of the biggest risks. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, just it's a sore subject, but COVID, do you feel like it impacted you guys as much as it did other industries? Because you could ski always, right? You like, there was always, a, you could always go outside. So did you guys feel the impact there? And maybe you did, but I'm curious because feels like outdoor spaces were generally like a safe zone. Yes, they definitely were. The most interesting thing and kind of looking back on it in hindsight, um, while a global pandemic is like never a good thing for anyone, <laughs> there were like advantageous moments for us starting a company during 2020. Like, for example, we were able to get in with some like world renowned manufacturers for outerwear at a time that like a lot of many like brands globally were pulling out of out of production um, right. or significantly decreasing their production. So we were able to get in with some of these manufacturers that we probably wouldn't have if it were a normal year, just because they're so small and they require like so many, you know, really high MOQs, like minimum order quantities and things like that. So mm -hmm. we were lucky from that perspective. Um, so I think that the ski industry actually grew during that, that period of time. Yeah. Um, and I think that so many people, the biggest benefit for us is just so many people having this renewed love for the outdoors because there was nothing else to be doing. Like the amount of time that I spent outside, like in evenings at parks and things like that, I'm sure so many Same. other people do it. Like it's, it's crazy. I've never done that much like park time in my entire life. Is it kind of weird that I miss it a little? <laughs> the park yeah, time. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> No, same for sure. It was like kind of a weird, nice memory. But with that being said, like there was just so much renewed love for the outdoors and like getting outside and doing those types of things. Yeah. And skiing was for sure one of the only things you could really be doing. There are winter sports, just like snow sports in general. One of the only things you really could be doing um, during that that winter. So I do think that it was advantageous for us from that perspective. Um, you know, I don't. I don't think there were a lot of like amazing outcomes of the pandemic other than <laughs> just a few of these things like people really finding their passions or things like right. that but um yeah that, that definitely helped us yeah what motivates you every day yes the challenge of it I kind of mentioned that previously but I, I just really really love like having a thousand things going on and trying to like problem solve all day long and, and really just seeing seeing like our company grow in such a short period of time like I said we've been in business for 15 months now and just the like amount of um, customers that we've acquired and the community that we've built um, in such a short period of time and like really seeing the direct impact of your work every single day come to fruition and and just seeing that in real time right. kind of happen in front of your eyes has been like the most rewarding thing so I do think that it's like the challenge of the day-to-day -day and just like the reward of of seeing your hard work kind of come to life yeah how will you ultimately measure success with half days like is it when we get to this xyz or is it when we have this many customers or this large of a community like what is that for you yeah i would say it's a little less like numbers or revenue or metrics driven for me i think it's a little bit more about um half days being like a predominant brand in the skewer industry i think that 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 really is just something that would be so so cool for us to be really like a household name from for when women are thinking about getting into skiing or buying a new ski outfit that half days is like one of the brands that comes to mind for them. Um, I think having like a global community of women who are 
so this is this is kind of just like a random side note but we just launched a slack channel and it's like for our like community of of half dayers and um i think we had like four or five hundred people in it so far we launched it a that's couple weeks great. ago but yeah so that's been really cool to see but um we've started doing like ski meetups and actually people in the slack group are like meeting up with each other now like going skiing together and i i just think that's so cool and just seeing that happen within a couple of weeks like where where could that be in like five to 10 years from now and, and just like connecting people to get out on the mountain and get outdoors together and, and meet new friends and network and just build community. So I would say like a multitude of things, you know, being being like a predominant ski brand, but also really building this like meaningful community that makes women want to be a part of it. Yeah, that's so neat. Well, to kind of close us out, could you describe your journey thus far just in one word? I This like sounds so probably just like very basic, but I would say growth. And I, I'm not saying just because like my company is growing fast, but personally, I think that like my, my journey really has been like, so kind of transformative. Um, and I think that like where I was when I first started this company, I like look back and I think at that time I was like, oh, wow. I like, I think at each stage of your life, you feel like you, you have it all and you know it all. And like the next stage of your life, yes. like, wow. Like when I was in that phase of life, like I didn't know anything and I think that that's just really been like something so interesting for me to like look back on and and yeah and really see kind of like how much I've grown like personally and professionally and um and and just being kind of like thrown into the fire of building a startup so I would say yeah like growth or like transformation really um for me personally love it I think growth is great well thank you so much Ariana this was so great I can't wait to see where you guys go I, I mean the fact that you guys have grown so fast is so cool. And again, as a consumer that you're targeting, most likely, it's very cool to see. And I love the white jacket with the belt, by the way. It's stunning. Amazing. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was so nice to chat with you and share a little bit about half days with you. So I appreciate it so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Sliced Podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode of Sliced, please email newsroom at startupblogpost.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.